Linux at loudest firing up our mics, connecting those headphones as we search the community for themes to expound upon. We keep the banter friendly, the conversation somewhat on topic, and have fun doing it. This week, we're spouting off about questioning articles written by so-called tech experts. Let's get into episode 69. Linux at Loud is brought to you by Linode and Bitwarden. With me today are my two favorite adult children, Matt and Nate. How are you today? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> what do you mean, Mom? We're not children. <laughs> well, I, I don't try know. not to be too childish, but I mean, that's a pretty long reach for me. I would say that my sense of humor is pretty immature, and I try to keep that to the pre and post show instead of during the show. But um, yeah. Yeah, no, we don't do that. We totally keep the <laughs> adult children all the way throughout the entire show, at least for me and Nate. I was talking to some of the patrons. It's been a little while since I've got to join DL Live, but I was kind of chatting with some of them afterwards and was trying to decide what we wanted to do for the thing to go on the patron for those who are supporters of the network. One of them was like, hey, just release the show unedited. And I'm like, I can't do that because <laughs> even the unedited version of the show is too vulgar to go out <laughs> at times. Yeah. But potentially getting an ad-free version of the show on Patreon, just not a completely unedited version because sometimes we're a little naughty. But we could put the funny extras in there, like at the end. Yeah, some of the extra bits. Mm -hmm. Right. Like some of the things that don't really fit into the show that are kind of funny. I know that I always save a few here and there just because they make me laugh. Like this is just such a precious moment. I can't just let it go into oblivion. So I right. save it. And sometimes I share it with you or sometimes I just listen to it myself. Mm -hmm. I definitely have some of those saved as well. I mean, to be fair, we've mentioned before, I've got all of the past shows I've ever edited saved on here, but there are some extra bits that I'll tag and save and whatever, because they're fun. They're hilarious. So maybe before I finish cutting everything out for the finalized version, that there could be a patron version with some of that stuff left in. I know I do leave a lot of things in in my edit anyway, stuff that I was taking out when we were deal and extend, but as Linux out loud, it just gets to stay part of the show. So maybe the patrons get just a little bit more of that stuff that I'd normally pull. We'll see. Yeah, I kind of feel like Linux Out Loud is slightly less professional than DLN Extend, which is a perfect progression for the three of us. We don't claim to be <laughs> professionals, right? We don't tout ourselves as experts. We're no. everyday users that sometimes get stuff wrong and do things wrong and have fun. Yeah, and enjoy our tech. And look at the show, a collision course most of the times of us just trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah, an absolute collision course. And I know you've had some issues with your 3D printer, Nate, and even some when we were in our post show, not necessarily on the hardware side, but on the software side. How's it going? Well, the good news is the new extruder, this Sprite Pro extruder, seems to be working fantastically well. I like it because it's smaller. There's less downward pressure on the Z-axis, so it doesn't kind of fall when it sits. And that is really awesome. It also is a little bit higher resolution too, I find, like as far as its movement. Not that that really matters for my purposes, 
But the installation guide that came with the Sprite extruder, which did cost over $100, I wasn't going to buy it. The first direct drive extruder, let me back up here. So I had the Ender 3 printer that I have. I put a direct drive extruder on it so I could do a lot of projects. Well, as I was using this direct drive extruder, it started having problems and getting clogged. And no matter what I did, it just, it wouldn't work all the time. I could do like short run prints. ABS is no problem, but PLA was a problem. I changed fans, I cleaned things, nothing seemed to work. So basically I said, you know what? I'm literally wasting hours of my life trying to fix a direct drive extruder system that I, although was happy with mostly, I was a little bit unhappy with some of its performance and that every time it went to like its home position, it would break the filament off in the, in the top because it would go up too high and the filament would just break because you can't, can't bend like that. And so this is shorter. It's smaller, more compact. I like how it blows the air onto the part as well. It's engineered better than the original. So it's called a Sprite Pro and uh, I think that's it's fitting. Anyway, so my problem was it told me to, to flash this with new software on it so that it would run properly. So I tried that and I installed the software for the Ender 3 that I have. I don't have the, the, the 3 Pro. I got the version 2. I installed that firmware for it. I couldn't actually get the Z axis to go down. It was really weird when I tried to put it like to home, it like leveled the print head. It would go off into some strange direction. I don't understand what it was doing. So I tried to, you know, dig into the documentation, which was also very poor. So I watched some YouTube videos and basically went down a rabbit hole that, you know, a, a few more hours of my life that I didn't want to spend on it. So then I decided I'm just going to put the original firmware on. Then I'm going to adjust the e-extrude steps per millimeter to match the Sprite Pro head and then try it that way. Now it works perfectly. So had I just installed it and then set the e-steps to the number of steps per millimeter as per the direction of another side I saw for the extruder, I'd have been up and operational, oh, about four days ago. I'm good now. It works. Unfortunately, Octopi, after an update, took a dump on me, so I have to reinstall that. But outside of that, it's great. It prints very well. It's a little bit quieter. The fans, I think, about the same volume, really, so that's unchanged. Yeah. It's a better-looking product now, too. It does seem really nice. I actually pulled up some pictures of it on, I guess, Creality's website. That one looks like it actually uh -huh. comes directly from Creality, and it does look like a really nice print head. I like the way the fan structure is around it. I've seen some stuff on Thingiverse or whatnot or whatever to make a look somewhat like this for your fan placement. Looks really, really nice. I am currently running a Micro-Swiss direct drive that looks more like a traditional print head in the style of things. And when I upgraded mine, I did put a Noctua fan on the front of it. That's smart. Which runs pretty gosh dang quiet. I've liked the fan and I've also loved my direct drive extruder, which also costs around $100 for this extruder. There are some other ones that I've seen that I really, really like, but I ended up going with Micro Swiss. And I'm glad that this Sprite extruder is been working really well for you. And it looks like it has some of the same features that I like about my micro Swiss one, where you've got those two gear wheels coming together. I think they actually work better than the original one in my Bowden tube version, mm -hmm. as far as the gears feeding into it. What I don't like about my micro Swiss is there is a little piece of Bowden tube that goes from the bottom of those gears into that block itself, feeding the filament 
through those gears and into the top of the Bowden tube is a big pain in the rear end. It's the thing that I dislike about it the most. So how is changing filament on yours? Seemingly no problem. It's actually really easy because it's just right there on the top. I don't have to do any kind of weird fishing, which I've had to mm. do with the very first Bowden tube style extruder. Yeah. The second print head extruder system I used, that one was fine. Eating that one, that was no problem at all. And this one, you know, just as well. I think the interesting features of this one is the heating block is much bigger on this. And then instead of having a plastic heat break thing, like the tube or whatever, this uses yeah. a titanium throat instead. So that's pretty cool, I think. Yes, definitely. Your break there is quite a bit better, I think. I guess we'll see how it goes. It's supposed to get up to 300 degrees Celsius. That does open up some other options too for printing. I don't know what I would need to do at that temperature or want to for that matter, but it's nice to know it's there. And if it can handle 300 degrees Celsius, that just means that doing you know the 200 to 240 I normally do is going to be less of an issue for it. Right. Less of a strain on it over time. Right. I mean, we'll see how it goes like long term with it. I can't imagine it not going well, but I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll find out, I guess. I mean, I, again, I didn't imagine the other one not going well either. So, I mean, what do I know, I guess? <laughs> time will tell how well it is actually working for you. Micro Swiss makes one that looks a lot like that. Not that I'm going mm -hmm. to be upgrading that anytime soon. But it might be one that I eventually switch to. And they do have one that's made for linear rails. And that is one thing that is on the top of my list. So yeah, I'm curious how this one continues to work over the course of your printing. Yep, I guess uh, time will tell. Well, man, it looks like you are doing your general peddling of bad decision making or something along those lines. You're trying to get me to separate myself from my hard earned cash once again. What is it this time and why am I going to go and be angry at you later or not angry or say I'm angry, but really not be? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, this is more me being angry at myself. Oh, okay. You should be totally on board with that. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> the menus for two-in-one that I bought. Mm -hmm. Prime Day was a thing. Yes. So I spent about a grand on mine, give or take. Okay. They had it on sale for $750 for Prime Day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How do you feel about that? When I compare it to a Surface Pro of the similar spec, not so bad. When I have a couple hundred bucks that I could have saved if I just waited a couple extra, like a month and a half, that's the part where it's a little... That would have been kind of nice to not spend. It's hard to know that they were actually going to put these on sales. And there are things, especially on Spike Prime Day, that say they're sales, but they're not sales. I was actually got a message from Ryan and he was like, hey, you know, what are some options with some mirrorless cameras to be used for shooting some video B-roll, that kind of thing that's on there. And the first one he shared with me, I looked at the price there and I'm like, mm, I don't know. And I think it was B&H had it for the exact same price. So it wasn't actually on sale. You could already pick it up for that price somewhere else that wasn't Amazon. So it's hard to know exactly what's going to be on sale and if it's going to be a real sale. In this case, it was. You shared this with me when you found it. And unfortunately, it wasn't something that I could pick up. But man, I was really wishing I could because that is an amazing price for this piece of hardware. So bummed that you didn't get it 
on this cell, but at the same time, like you really can't kick yourself for it because you had no way of knowing that it was going to be. Yeah, that's the thing. Because honestly, I didn't really expect them because kind of the way that it appeared on their website, that it disappeared off their website. I was like, okay, maybe it's a one-off. And then when it ends up on Amazon, you're kind of like, oh, huh, that's kind of a kick in the pants. <laughs> so Right, yeah. That was kind of my thing. I was like, ah, man. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I've been enjoying it overall so far. So one of those things where you see it and you're like, well, now, Nate, when are you going to buy one? I'm not. I have other things to buy and to do. And as much as I would like to play with one, it's just going to distract me from the, well, I couldn't find it. Actually, is the problem. Um, I have the link. Don't worry. I'll send that to you. Don't worry. He'll share it. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I don't think that I, it's a good idea for me to buy it because it's just going to send me down a rabbit hole of all these things that I, I don't have time for right now, but I really would like, I'd like lose myself for an extended period of time and probably like the kitchen would get messy and then I'd get stressed and then, the, you know, things would just, it'd be terrible. Things would spiral out of control. We just can't look out of at control. Tech. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Nate, a totally good work solution though, because you can just even better than the framework. Throw it in a bag and go. You don't have to worry about it. Well, I can do it with the framework too. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's better than the framework because of the way that you can upgrade it, but it is so amazingly convenient. slim. Yes, inconvenient, without a doubt. Don't worry, Nate. I'll make sure you get one. I think it's a good idea. <laughs> Rabbit hole, you would never go down a rabbit hole, Nate. Never. The problem is I get stuck in the rabbit holes and I don't come back out. Yeah, we know. And then Wendy's like, hey, are you ready to record? I'm like, oh no. So while <laughs> I'm kind of kicking myself in the pants for, you know, some of my early purchases, unfortunately, because I couldn't wait. Wendy, it seems like you're doing some more 3D printing and you're kind of combining some stuff with 3D printing and robotics now. That I am. We actually have some robotics camps coming up at the end of July, early August. And before I forget, because of those robotics camps, there will be no Linux Out Loud dropping on August 2nd or August 9th. So just keep that in mind that there will be no shows for the first two weeks of August, but we'll be back fresh and new. And what I'm printing right now for the robotics camps are the awards that kids get So the Tesla coils design a game every year. I think I talked about this last week. Maybe, I don't know. It's all kind of rolling together. They put on these camps every year at the local college and the older team designs the game. And oh my gosh, it looks like so much fun. The building beasts actually get to play it next week. This last week at our meeting, they designed a robot and an attachment. And next week they actually get to play the game. But at the end of each camp, it's a three-day camp that runs half the day for three days, they get different awards. And this year, the awards they're giving them are 3D printed. The team's colors are green and purple. So I'm actually using a bicolored PLA filament. One side of the filament is green, one side is purple. And so depending on how you're looking at this, it's essentially a large coin. Depending on how you're looking at it, it can either be purple or green, which is really, really cool. So I ran the first ones. When I asked her, you know, hey, what settings do you want these on? Originally, she's like the finest. Inside of my amazing slicer, I'm actually using Super Slicer. The finest setting that I can put in there is 0.08 millimeter layer thickness. And four of those coins took just over 10 hours to do. And that was with 15% infill, 
that got done and I really didn't like the way some of those came out. So because that layer height was so thin and the fact that there was such gaps between the infill, there was two of those coins that ends up with like these weird bubble spots because it took a while to actually get a bridge over there. So I really didn't like the way they turned out. And I was like, you know, my bed's pretty close to level, but I'm going to mess with it some more. I want it even more level, which totally messed up my entire bed. Like I completely screwed up my leveling. So I was fighting with that a lot yesterday. Then my bed stopped heating because, you know, when you're doing your leveling, you want your bed heated to the temperature that it's going to be during your prints. And my bed wouldn't heat anymore. I'm getting these errors and I'm Hmm. touching the heater after I let it cool completely, set it to hit 60 degrees Celsius and I can feel it. This thing is not heating at all. I've done Uh a quick check on my wires and they all seem to be good. So I don't know exactly what's wrong with it. I haven't really had time to mess with it, but thankfully this is PLA and PLA is a little bit more forgiving. So I have six more printing right now with no heat on the bed. I did a test first because I wanted to make sure that it was going to successfully finish a print with just one of those coins and it printed really nice, looks good. And I adjusted my layer thickness and infill to kind of help one, make it not take quite so long and two, help with some of those bridging issues. It's still fine-er. We're up to 0.12 millimeters per layer height And I increased my infill to 31%. With my test run on those settings in the cold bed, it printed really, really well still. Still incredibly readable. Like the way it turned out. That's what we'll be giving away at camps this year when they win awards. The name of the game is Mission Mars Mayhem. And so a lot of their awards have something to do with that, which is really pretty cool. I can't wait to see how this goes. And we're actually going to be recruiting from the camps this year. We are down to five kids, which, I mean, if we don't find anybody that's a good fit for our team, that's okay. Five is still a good number. We definitely don't want to be above seven. So the most we're going to be adding is two. And that's just for us. We found that a full roster of 10, you have kids that are getting bored because there's just not enough stuff to do at the time, especially when it gets to coding. And there's only one person active at the computer. Yeah, you've got your team that's supporting, resetting the field, whatnot, answering questions, helping the coder make decision in what numbers they're putting in. But it gets to be a place that you've got some bored kids. So we found our sweet spot to be seven or under. Right now we're at five. But if we find a couple kids at the camps that we think would be a really, really good fit for our team and the chemistry that we already have there between members, then we'll be pulling in some other kids potentially from these camps this year. Oh, well, very cool. Talk about your 3D printer. Do you have a, a multimeter, some sort of like a volt voltage meter of some kind? We have several around the house. None of them that are mine, but I need to get one. That's my own, but that would be something to check to make sure that it's getting. So the board I'm using right now is the Big Tree Tech Manta and the heat bed connection is directly on that board. So it might be easier to just to show you a picture of it, but I've got the main power supply that goes into the board 
And then there's the heat bed power supply that comes right off of that. Everything else seems to be running well, though I have had a couple issues when I was running the bed leveling matrix where it would tell me that my probe didn't deploy, which is kind of weird. So I wonder if there is something on the power side messing up. The print finished great. I'm a little worried with this is a current 10-hour print. No, 12-hour print. This is currently a 12-hour print because there's six of these larger coins on there. About if it is a power issue somewhere along the lines, it's stopping during the print. So we'll have to see. I hope that they all print because I've got a bunch more of these to do after this set is done. I've got another six sets of eight that have to be printed. So fingers crossed that there are no more errors. I know that's asking a lot. I know it really is asking a lot. But <laughs> fingers crossed, there's no more errors. I can get through the rest of these prints and we're good to go because, you know, there's stuff going on. It's summer. Every weekend in July is busy. And of course, I won't be around this weekend to start prints, babysit prints. Like there's stuff going on. I have to have these done. Let's say today is July 13th. These have to be done by at least July 26th because that's when the awards will be given out. But I'd prefer that they were done by July 24th, which is the first day of camps. Well, it's going to be a busy summer for you for sure. And uh, I understand why we can't do uh, shows in the 2nd and the 9th, but yeah. <laughs> that's the way she goes. That's the way it goes. Actually, that last week of July is even crazier because I've got three days of robotics camp, a lunch meeting with a robotics sponsor on Thursday and then a stuff with my husband's family Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So yeah, <laughs> that week is extra busy. Yeah. And then when uh, summer winds down, then the busyness of school will pick back up, but somehow we'll all make it work. We'll all make it work. Yeah, there is no slow time. There is no such thing as slow time. <laughs> there is not. So if you want to save yourself some time, visit linode.com slash tux and see why over a million developers trust Linode for their infrastructure. You can accelerate the innovation with Linode's simple, affordable, and accessible Linux cloud solutions and services. Build everything yourself or use plenty of Linode's one-click apps to deploy everything from Plesk and WordPress to Valheim and Minecraft servers. For their award-winning support offered 24-7 and 365 to every level of user, from the ease of use and setup, it is clear why developers and businesses have been trusting Linode for projects both big and small since 2003. Linode offers the industry's best price-to-performance value for all compute instances, including shared, dedicated, high memory, and GPUs. Linode makes cloud computing simple, affordable, and accessible, allowing you to focus on your customers, not your infrastructure. Aside from cloud hosting, Linode recently added GPU hosting plans for machine learning and neural net use built with RTX 6000 GPUs. So visit linode.com slash tux, create a free account, and you'll get $100 in credit. And we want to thank Linode for sponsoring Linux Out Loud. And unfortunately, this is where the show stops. The rest of my audio is absolute garbage. Don't believe me? Here's a portion of it. But we can't say that about every so-called tech expert. Yeah, I know. Absolute garbage. Thanks so much for listening. And there is a full-blown show for episode 70, all of the goodness. Check back then and have an amazing week. <laughs> <laughs>